Hi guys, this is Fiona from IELTS Exam Training Courses and Members Academy. This week, I'm going to go through um, some of those daily tips that I've been adding every single day. I can't believe how fast the time has gone, but I have been making a real effort to produce a mini blog every day with something useful for you. And there's about two weeks to catch up on now. So, if you haven't found them yet, just go to the home page of my website, ieltsetc.com, and there's a menu tag called What's New, and you can find a huge variety of things, and they're things that happen in my daily teaching that I realize are going to cause problems in some way. So it could be writing, vocabulary, grammar, uh, pronunciation, and I give you a tip which you will be able to apply to other things. So last time I went as far as about October the 18th, I think. So I'm going to start on October the 19th. And this is a pronunciation uh, point. It's one of those words, the most common, you know, there's a list of 100 most common mispronounced words. And this is one of them. And I'm going to go through the reasons why and give you some other words which are really useful for IELTS. So the word is comfortable. Um, think about that word. Think about how you pronounce it. A lot of my students say comfortable. Why? Because they know the word table or maybe the word able. And then they apply that rule to the whole word and they say comfortable or comfortable comfortable. Um, so this is all about word stress. And normally when able is at the end of the word, it's unstressed and it becomes able. So in a word like comfortable, the stress is right at the start, comfortable. And this makes everything else weak. And if you go to my website, there's a whole list of words like that and the uh, video so you can practice the pronunciation. Things like acceptable, avoidable, sustainable. They're all quite academic words. And I do choose words that I think that will be useful for you to use in your IELTS writing or in speaking part three, like um, unthinkable, predictable, preventable considerable, questionable, reasonable. So just try to repeat it until you feel more comfortable with that weak sound. Um, in the blog also, there's something about the spelling because these kind of words are quite common in the gap fill. Why? Because there's a difference between the able, A-B-L-E, and then there's the spelling I. B L E, but because it's weak, it also has that same sound, able, like accessible, convertible, corruptible, flexible. It still has that able sound, and obviously they're going to test your uh, spelling. Is it I B L E or A B L E? And if you go to my blog, there's quite a simple rule about that spelling. Of course, there are some exceptions, but the simple rule is that the words with A-B-L-E 
have a full word as the root. So if you think about comfortable, um, then the full word is comfort. All of those words, acceptable, the full word is accept, avoidable, avoid, obviously. But the words ending in I-B-L-E, they have a Latin root. So they don't have a full word as the root word. So let's look at some of these I-B-L-E words. Audible comes from audio, but the audio is not in that word. You've only got A-U-D, audible. There's not a root word. Edible, eligible, horrible. None of those words, they, they obviously have the word maybe horror, makes horrible, but horror isn't actually in the word. I hope that makes sense. Even like possible, you've got posse or pos, but that's not a full word. Whereas the other words, preventable, questionable, reasonable, they all have the full word first. And it makes this very flexible. You can make up words um, like it's googleable means you are able to Google it, Googleable. Um, so I hope that rule helps you. And also remember, there are some spelling rules like with double letters, like forget is one T, but forgettable or unforgettable is double T. Sometimes you drop the E, like argue becomes arguable. But sometimes you keep the E because of the, the, spare, the sound. So notice you need to keep that C sound. It's the magic E rule, noticeable. If you took out the E, it would be noticable, which is wrong, and replacable, which is wrong. So you need to keep that E to keep the S sound, replaceable and noticeable. Also, sometimes the Y, well, the Y always changes to I. So words like deny become deniable. Rely, reliable, with the Y changing to I. So that's quite a long blog, actually. Um, and it's really worth going to have a look at that, to have a look at some of the exceptions. And there's a fun quiz at the end, an interactive quiz you can do. Um, so let's look at the first one. Global warming is blank unless we act quickly and stop burning fossil fuels. And it gives you a little clue, Syn synonym for unavoidable, unavoidable. And the answer is, I think, inevitable. Anyway, go and have a look and a play around with that. So that was October the 19th. October the 20th was something which came up in my uh, Friday feedback session with the Members Academy. And uh, it was a general training letter. And one of my lovely students, Mandeep, wrote something. I think she said we had the funnest time. And, and I had heard of the, the, some people saying funnest, but my brain was telling me it should be the most fun. 
So I did some research, and the best place to research this is on something like Youglish, Y-O-U, Youglish, um, because it gives you lots of real-life examples, um, or Ludwig.guru, where it gives you written examples. Um, so I went on to Youglish, and I put in funnest, and what do you know? It gave me lots of examples of people saying the funnest in British English. And um, I went on Twitter and I asked some of my followers on Twitter, what do they think? And they said, oh, I think it's wrong. But actually, the research says it's perfectly acceptable. Um, and if you look at my uh, what's new about this. When I wrote it was the funnest activity I've ever done, the uh, automatic corrector, Grammarly, corrected me and said it should be the funniest. And a lot of people on Twitter corrected me. They said, no, you mean the funniest. So remember, there's a difference in meaning between funny and fun. What is the difference? Funny makes you laugh. Fun is enjoyable. And so they're different adjectives. So do be careful with that. I imagine a lot of examiners would think that the funnest is wrong, even though you can tell them, and Mandeep was right, that it does exist. And apparently it's existed for 100 years. In the videos, it tends to be young people using it. Um, so maybe it's a new thing. Its language is always evolving and developing, and it's absolutely fine to use the funnest, but the examiner might not like it. On October the 21st, um, we had a question, a question somebody emailed me from my website and they said, what's the difference between instill and install? So different spelling and pronunciation, um, but quite a similar um, kind of root meaning. So both of them mean to put something in, and but they're used in different contexts. So one of them is really useful for IELTS, though instill is really useful for IELTS. Listen to this sentence or this task two question. It says, should school uniforms be compulsory? And one good reason why they should be compulsory is that they instill discipline and a sense of pride. They instill, they put in, they uh, you put a feeling or an idea into somebody's mind so it has a strong influence on the way they think or the way they behave. Um, it's a really useful word and there's a, there's a, well, there's a list of collocations there on my blog. So you can instill confidence, respect, knowledge or belief they're positive things. Negative, instill fear, prejudice or hatred. And you can instill a sense of something like a sense of pride or a sense of belonging or a sense of community. So that's instill. And there's a slight difference in spelling. American um, English has one L, British has two L don't two L's, but don't worry about that. Install is um, when you put something like into your house, into the building. Um, 
like a piece of equipment, like on a computer, you install software and you connect it so that it is ready to be used. Um, so you can install air conditioning in your house, for example. And there's a nice quote to help you remember it. A good teacher should inspire hope, ignite the imagination and instill a love of learning. That's there on the blog. Okay, next one. October the 22nd, this was from a writing feedback and it said, uh, somebody said, or this, quite often this comes up, the situation um, deteriorated is a great word for IELTS, meaning, of course, it got worse. Um, so lots of verbs collocate with situation. So you could say the situation got better or improved. Improved is more formal. Anything with get is less formal. So the situation got better or improved. The situation got worse or deteriorated. The situation changed or the situation stayed the same. So all of those are possible. But do be careful with deteriorate because it's an intransitive verb, meaning it does not take an object. So you can't say that somebody deteriorated the situation. You can say the situation deteriorated, but you can't say that somebody deteriorated the situation. There are lots of intransitive verbs in IELTS and you know them, you use them probably without thinking about them. Um, you say the prices increased or rose or went up or peaked, fell, decreased, dropped. All of those task one verbs are intransitive. You might talk about the economy of your country. It flourished, it grew, it shrank, it collapsed. Um, or you might talk about the people, the inhabitants prospered, thrived or suffered. Um, and it does cause error. And here are some other examples, like somebody said, this will certainly soar, S-O-A-R, pollution levels. You can't say that. You can say pollution levels will soar. Um, and they said, this will flourish the economy. You can't say that the economy will flourish. Those examples are there for you on the blog. Next one's a really interesting one. What's the difference between economic and economical? Um, so economic is used to describe anything related to the economy. Um, maybe an easy way to remember it is it's the closest word to economy, whereas economical is another syllable and it's got a different meaning. Economic related to the economy. So collocations like economic growth, economic development, economic reform, economic policy. Whereas economical just means it avoids waste. Um using money or resources in a way that avoids waste, maybe also time. For example, a small car, which one is more economical to run, a small car or a large car? 
well, normally a small car is more economical. It saves fuel. It doesn't use as much fuel. So you could use this in IELTS task two. People should be encouraged to buy smaller, more economical cars with fewer toxic emissions. Um, which which is better, which is more economical to buy individual small water bottles or milk bottles or to buy a huge four liter, 10 liter bottle? Well, it's usually more economical to buy something in bulk, isn't it? Um, yeah, so so that's it. And there's a little exercise for you here. It says if we boost proper productivity we can improve sorry if we boost productivity we can improve blank growth is it economical growth or economic growth obviously it's economic growth so go and have a look there's a little exercise there for you um october the 24th is all about research and researchers. Now, one of them is uncountable. Which one is uncountable? Of course, research cannot take an S. Researchers, E-R-S, is the people who do research. But you can't say a research or some researches. Research is uncountable, so you need a singular verb. And it's really useful for task two where you say research has shown without quoting a, a completely made up article. You simply say research has shown. The people who do the research are countable, researchers, and studies are countable. A study, two studies. But in your task two, try to use these expressions Research has shown, or there is some evidence to suggest, or a number of studies have proven, or according to recent research, things like that. There's a list on the blog there. Go and have a look. Um, and there's a little question there. So research is the uncountable equivalent of studies. Accommodation is the uncountable equivalent of places to live or stay. So what's the uncountable equivalent of bags, suitcases and backpacks? The uncountable equivalent is luggage or maybe baggage, luggage probably. So go and have a look. There's a few more exercises there for you to practice. Um, October the 25th, was probably a very controversial post um, because people said they just didn't like the thing I was talking about. I was talking about um, Squid Game. Uh, some, you know, it's one of those things, love or hate, I guess. Uh, I don't know, we say a Marmite thing. Marmite is this kind of food in the UK it's got a very strong taste and um, some people love it. I love it. Some people hate it. Um, and they say, oh, it's a Marmite situation. And this is the same for Squid Game. So I watched it and I loved it at the start. I thought it got a bit weird at the end, but I thought it was really interesting. 
And one of the lecturers from Essex University um, wrote, it's called Matt Bennett, he's a senior lecturer at Essex University. He wrote an article in something called The Conversation, which is a free online resource. And I think it's great for IELTS. Um, there's lots of like short articles that really give you information and make you think. And this article really made me think. Um, and that's the purpose of reading. It should make you think. And critical thinking is really essential for uh, IELTS. You have to judge things. You have to give your opinion. You have to look below the surface meaning. And this is what this article does. So superficially on the surface, Squid Game looks like, oh, you know, I don't know, like a violent um, video game. It just looks ridiculous. This would never happen. But what this article suggests is that it's a, it's got a deeper meaning. It's symbolic. Um, so beneath all the violence, it, it, it says it's actually a critique of meritocracy. It kind of criticizes something that is designed to be good. And meritocracy is the idea that anybody can achieve success everybody's equal and as long as you work hard um, then you can get what you want and it kind of says that doesn't actually work you know we've seen in Squid Game that um, if you're weak in any way then you won't survive so they mention the fact that you know the women are not included in the teams because the men fear that the women will be weak and 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 so on. There's lots of examples. It's really worth a read. And even whatever you think about it, this is the point about being critical is it's just somebody's opinion, how they see something. But he gives a lot of evidence to support that opinion. That's what you have to do when you go to university. You can't just say, as somebody did, somebody commented, oh, I don't like this program because I don't like South Korean people. I mean, that's a ridiculous comment because it just shows a very, very superficial generalization. And it's something, you know, shows that you're not ready to be doing IELTS if, if you see things like so black and white like that. So it was an important um, blog and I'd love to know your thoughts about that. The next one, October the 26th, goes back to pronunciation. And it's the same thing we talked about with a bull. This one is about ative. So, again, at the end of words, think about a word that you know with ative. You probably know native, uh, creative, um, quite a lot of common words end in the ative sound, but there are some which don't. So I've got a list of them and let's do a few together. So we've got the verbs negate, the adjective, negative, sedate, the noun sedative, relate, relative, initiate, initiative, alternate, alternative, and so on. 
Um, but there was just one which somebody I was I, I really appreciated told me that in America it's different. So thank you for that. I on Instagram. So innovate in UK uh, English is innovative. It follows the pattern of the ative. But apparently in America, they say innovative, which I've asked a few British people and they say it sounds totally wrong. I've been on Youglish and it's absolutely right. It's absolutely fine. In America, innovative. And I had to apologize to my Liang. Uh, he did a two minute speaking exercise for me and I uh, watched it and I produced a video as I do for everybody in the academy. Uh, analyzing the uh, everything, the pronunciations especially, and I said, "Oh, it's not innovate. It, it's not innovative. It's innovative." And he was right because he's in Canada, so he was using the American one, which is great because I've learned something. We are all here to learn. Teachers don't know everything; <laughs> they should keep learning exactly as you're doing. Um. Last one today, I think, is to have something done or to get something done. So we had a question about an item on which you spent more than you expected. You should say what it was, how much you spent on it and why you bought it and explain why you think you spent more than expected. Um, so this was really interesting. A lot of people talked about having to get their car fixed um, and, you know, when you get your car fixed, it always costs a lot more than you expected. Um, I had to get my boiler replaced and it cost about £3,000. So it was a huge expense and a lot more than I expected. But it was a great story. Everybody had such interesting stories. And um, we noticed also another language point, which was when people say how much it will cost compared to how much it actually cost, then you need the language of um, indirect um, speech. So, for example, in direct speech, you might say it will cost £100. But in direct speech, he said it would cost £100, but actually it cost £500. So two useful language points there. And I've got a whole lesson with extra practice for you about having or getting something done. There's a slight difference, just level of formality, as we saw earlier, anything with get is less formal. So you might say, I'm going to get my hair cut um, or I'm going to get my car fixed in fast speech. In more formal speech, I'd like to have my hair cut, have something done, have plus third form. OK, I'm going to stop there. And um, if you are looking for these, as I said, just go to my website and it's really easy to find on the home page there. If you've got any requests, you can actually comment on the post or you can get in touch in any way about uh, any questions, grammar, pronunciation, anything. And I'll, I'll, I'll make the blog the learning tip of the day for you. 
So I'm putting things on here rather than on Instagram at the moment. I'm just fed up of Instagram um, and Facebook. I'm really, really fed up of them. And I've decided I'm going to put my things on my blog. If you want to see them, go to my blog. They're there. They're free with lots of other follow-up links to help you. All right. Thanks for listening today, guys. I hope you have a lovely weekend and uh, chat to you next week. Bye-bye.